Hello and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am delighted to be joined by Sebastian Chaston, a Professor in Health Behaviour Dynamics at the University to talk about the best ways to keep active during the lockdown. Seb, thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, good morning Craig, um, it's my pleasure. And this is actually a welcome break from my daily routine at the moment. Ah, good man. What have you been doing over the last few weeks? How are you finding things? Uh, like everybody, I guess it's a real mixture of emotions and thoughts. This is such a momentous time, um, thinking that the whole of humanity is sharing the same issue and we are actually responding quite proactively to it. Um, and maybe there's a lesson to be learned from this as we are facing other challenges such as global warming. So maybe if we work together, we can actually find solutions to these things. For me, it's been really a roller coaster. Um, the first few days have been frantic. We've reorganized all our work, moving all our teaching and research online. Then uh, we had a few days to try to organize our home routine so that we can teach our kids and work, stay happy and motivated. Uh, I think a lot of people feel like I do. I've actually never been so busy. <laughs> I don't think I would want to be um, a single mother right now, to be honest. We're starting to fall into a routine at home and trying to make things turn into a positive experience for all of us. But the hardest thing, I guess, is the uh, the lack of human contact outside of my immediate family. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with a fairly obvious question, Seb. Why do humans need exercise? <laughs> Very simply, correct. we are made to move. We are meant to move. Our body, our mind doesn't operate well unless we move. But put it this way, physical activity has been labelled a global pandemic already. It mm -hmm. actually kills over 3 million people per year. But unlike COVID, we don't need a vaccine or to stay at home to combat it. All we need to do is to move, and that's a very simple thing to do. What are the long-term effects of not doing any exercise? Well, physical activity or exercise help our body function at its best. It lifts your mood, it bonds us to other people we exercise with, take it away, and we certainly decline gradually. We might not see the signs of that, but ultimately, over a lifetime, this means twice the chances of developing a chronic disease or to die prematurely. That gives you a real simple idea of how important it is. As I said, we are made to move, but evolutionarily, we are programmed to conserve energy. That comes from a time where we had to, we didn't have a, a steady food supply, so we had to hunt mm -hmm. and then conserve energy for the hunt. And in our head, we have to constantly fight that little voice that says, oh, you need to conserve energy. And that reflex comes really important right now because we are under a period of stress and slight fear and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So that reflects that little voice will be stronger than ever. And there is a real temptation to avoid movement and pile into box sets and, and stay on a sofa. And that's really high. There's a really genuine inner drive evolutionarily for us to do that. And we have to combat it, really. We might find some momentary relief from watching a few box sets but that is a, a catch-22 situation in a, in a downward spiral. And our mood and our body will very 
quite quickly starting to degrade, especially our mood first, and mm-hmm. our ability to be motivated and, and keep on on task and do things. Exercise and physical activity are the number one way of keeping anxiety and depression at bay. That is demonstrated in thousands of trials. It actually, when we are active, we, our body produces the kind of chemicals that a doctor would prescribe for anxiety or, or depression. So right. we can do it ourselves with our, without having to go to the doctor and can do it at home. Uh, physical activity is really, truly a panacea. It's a miracle drug, essentially. Not against COVID, obviously. <laughs> against many diseases and problems. Interestingly, the statistics at the moment seem to indicate that the fitter people are, the better they seem to respond to COVID, essentially. The, the better their chances to going through it uh, unscathed. We're in a similar position just now, Seb. We're both working from home at the moment. And and, and prior to us being in lockdown, I, I was fairly active. I would go to the gym every day. I'd lift weights. I'd use the rowing machine. I'd use the exercise bikes. And I'm I'm kind of I'm missing that at the moment. And I'm kind of worried what I'm going to look like once we emerge a couple of weeks, a couple of months down the line. What are some exercises I can be doing around the house to try and compensate this? Well, I actually don't particularly like the word exercise. I prefer the word the word physical activity, in a sense, you going to the gym is a kind of, it's a byproduct of the society we've developed. We've developed a society that has uh, has moved away from movement, essentially. We've made everything a bit more simple for ourselves. And then we have to kind of reintroduce movement artificially in our life by going to the gym and going to classes. But that's artificial. We can go back to what it was before, essentially, which is just to move more during the day, every day. It's all about the quantity of movement you do. Mm-hmm. So an exercise class is nice because it allows you to pack a lot of a lot of movement into a short period of time. But you can achieve that throughout the day by just moving often and enough, often and as high intensity as you possibly can. You can be physically active in many different ways. So Take an example, dancing. You you might have gone dancing on a Friday night in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. That's exercise. You've not realized it and you probably enjoyed it a lot more than going to the gym. Well, this is what we do at home. Twice a week at the moment, we're pushing the furniture around. We put on our favorite tunes and we just dance ourselves silly, dance the COVID blues away. <laughs> uh, and you can just be playful and do all sorts of things. We actually use our daughter times table from school. So she has periods of PE, so the whole family does PE. She has games periods, so we do all do games at the same time. And then we had up a few sessions. They're always based around playful activities, dancing, singing, running around the house, if possible. Not, it's not true for everybody, but doing things together that involve movement. Mm-hmm. Now, we're seeing the rise of people doing exercises via YouTube, like Joe Wicks, the body coach, for instance. He's very popular at the moment. His online class that he's doing at nine o'clock in the morning seems to be, I've caught the imagination of the nation. Can you explain where that popularity comes from? I think everybody is asking themselves the same question as you are, essentially, and trying to keep fit the best as possible. And I really welcome that explosion of online exercise programs uh, I have not particularly followed Joe Wick's one, but there are thousands of them. And that's great because the variety means that everybody can find something that suits them, mm-hmm. something they can follow at the right level. The most important is enjoy it. Challenge yourself a little bit and then vary it. 
because variation is really important. Part of exercise is for ourselves to actually adapt to changing situations in our daily life. And more importantly than ever now. So the variety in exercise and challenges we offer to our body are very, very important. There is um, a very interesting quote from the people that started um, free running or parkour, kids that have from really poor background in the suburbs of Paris that use the environment to develop an entire new sport and discipline. Mm. But they did it for a simple reason. This did it for to be strong, to be useful. So they wanted to be stronger so they could be useful to their community and their family around them. And that's essentially what it is. So if you are stronger, fitter, you can help somebody else. So that uh, kind of altruistic drive is really important there. And you can find that by having a variety of exercise to do and challenge your body in different ways. You can do jumping exercise, running, planks, whatever. Find something that fits you and change it often. When's the best time to uh, keep physically fit, Seb? Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? I don't think we have the strong evidence to say that it's better one time or another, physiologically. But a lot of people prefer doing it in the morning. And there's a good reason for that, is that once you've got that release of chemical in your body, you kind of happy hormones are so often labeled, then you're set for the day, aren't you? You're fresh, you're ready to do all your work for the day, and you're probably going to feel that the day is going through, through more easily, you're more you're more effective and you're more productive and at the end of the day you'll have a better mood so that's often why people prefer to do it in the morning. Now Seb as we've mentioned a lot of people are working from home at the moment and over the past two weeks I've found myself sitting in front of my computer for longer periods than I would have done had I been in the office. Is is there any way to break that cycle in sitting in front of the computer for long periods of time? (laughs) Sounds like you're more productive at home then Craig. (laughs) Uh, no, that's true. The, the, because we have a less, we are less challenged by the exterior environment to move away from our desk at the moment. That's important because we found in the last few years that actually too much sitting is harmful for health. Mm-hmm. And as I said, our society has become really good at make us sit. And because we are stuck at home, then we don't even move from one chair to another to go from home to work. So we are straight into the chair all day. And what we've known is that if we send people into space, for example, and they are in zero gravity, that has some consequences on health in the long run. What we've discovered in the last few years is that when you're sitting down, essentially what you're doing is you're putting your lower body, so your legs, into zero gravity. And that has the same kind of impacts as it has on astronauts that go into space. So... Very quickly, your body adapts. Your metabolism changes within a matter of hours if you're sitting continuously without challenging your body to move. So we have to be very careful not to sit for extended periods of time. We don't have precise guidelines for this, but the rule of thumb is try to move every 20 to 30 minutes. Get off the chair Take a few steps, make yourself a cup of tea, go and have a conversation, prepare something else, go and chop some onions for dinner or something, <laughs> or even grab your laptop and plonk it on the, the kitchen worktop and work standing up a little bit for a few minutes. And that should be enough, in a sense, to 
keep it away. So it's all about achieving that balance through the day of the, we have 24 hours and we have to balance how much we're sitting with how much we're moving and how much of that movement is actually of a higher intensity and is almost an exercise so that we, we have the right mixture of time to keep us healthy. So move often, don't sit too much. And when you're moving for 20 to 30 minutes, so they try to make that uh, to the point that it actually gets you out of breath a little bit. We've talked about sitting there, Seb, but what about actually getting away from the, the computer? How important is that? I, I'm not a specialist on this, but what we know is that the computer is the is one of the big drivers of getting people to sit. And with together with kind of social uh, social network type of activity have been designed to be very addictive. The people that design them have been very clever. And that kind of disrupts our behavior uh, immensely. And one of the biggest impact on that is actually our sleep and the way our, our time is organized over the 24-hour clock. So we know that we have something called a circadian system, mm-hmm. which means our, our behavior has to be around this 24-hour cycle. And it has to be quite regular around this for us to be in good mental and physical health. With social media and all the kind of devices, because we want that fixed constantly, that tends to shift the way we sleep and when we go to bed and, and how we wake up and what we think about the quality of our sleep, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And shift that nice cycle, the circadian cycle. So if you've ever traveled abroad and you've been jet lagged, you'll know exactly what that feels like. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not to the same level, but it becomes more sustained. And it's often called as a social jet lagging. Uh, where we actually are, cha- our, our routine is disrupted by technology. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. So especially in these periods where it's tempting to try to keep in touch with friends and family via social media, to actually try to, you know, to, to keep that routine as steady as possible. So steady to bed at the same time. And three things to do. Turn off your, your devices grab a book instead, meditate, and do some exercise. Excellent. Sebastian, thank you very much for talking to me. I really enjoyed listening to you. Thank you so much. Thanks you, Craig. Have a good day. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this show, and I hope you'll join us again soon when we'll be talking to another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been The Common Good Podcast.